it's time for Dodger Hi and welcome to the Dodging Sleep Podcast. My name is Ian Carlson. Uh, wherever and whenever you're listening to us, I hope you're having a very pleasant day. Um, now, those of you who are regular listeners will know that we normally start with an on this day in Dodgers history. Um, but looking down the list today, I couldn't decide on which one to go with. So you're going to have a bonus one. So there are two today. So first one back in 1957 was the first ever fog out in Major League history. So that was after an 86 minute delay. And that was back at Ebbets Field with the Dodgers leading the Cubs 1-0 at the time. And then the bonus on this day in history is more recent, back in 2006. Uh, So on the sixth day of the sixth month of the sixth year of the century, the Dodgers scored six runs in the sixth inning during the sixth game of their homestand when they beat the Mets 8-5, which I thought was quite a cool one. Um, So there was your bonus one today. Anyway, joining me on the podcast today, we have Ian Blees. How are you doing, Ian? I'm great, thanks, mate. Been a been a crazy few weeks, but yeah, uh, I've, I'm glad to be back here. Uh, as I've mentioned before, I'm on uh, I'm on 4G tonight, so uh, apologies if I say I come across cracky or or if I randomly disappear at various points in time. But I'll do my best to stay with us. <laughs> It'll be great. It'll be great. And also, we've got we've got Leon. Leon, who's also not only doing the pod, but he's also running all of the technological wizardry and everything. How are you doing, Leon? Yeah, very good. Thanks, mate. Uh, I've, I've got proper Wi-Fi down here in Birmingham. Um, obviously, Wi-Fi's not reached those uh, dark parts of North that Ian's currently residing in. Um, so my connection should be a bit better. Um, but yeah, if you get spotted, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll blame Ian. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. So um, we, we normally start with a bit of a recap of the previous week's Dodgers games, but it's been two weeks since we last last podded. I'm not sure whether that is a, a verb to pod, but that's what we're doing anyway. So since we last podded, um, we've tied a series one all against the Astros. We lost 3-1 to the Giants, 1-2-1 against the Cardinals, and we are currently uh, one all against the Braves, um, though we are at the moment top of the sixth and down 2-1 in the latest game. But since we last potted, uh, we've got a record of five wins and six losses. Um, Ian, what are your what are your thoughts on, on how it's been over the last couple of weeks? Um, yeah, we're just really struggling to... Um... To find any any rhythm, to find any consistency to to the way we do things. Um, occasionally, we've been the victim of some uh, incredibly harsh one-off innings. Obviously, we saw last night with Kershaw um, how one inning can totally change in a, the, the face of an outing. You know, the outing was pretty going pretty well up until uh, up until he. Uh, he got another significant milestone in his career for strikeouts as well. Um, at various points in time, I, th- I think we've uh, we've looked like world beaters. We've looked like the team that we think we are. And at other times, we've looked incredibly average. And one thing that is is still a concern to me at this point is is the offense and how inconsistently uh, we are having the scoreboard tick over. We. Uh, as much as I'm talking about, we've been the victim of some beginnings. We've also 
been we've also been on the recipient recipient of some big innings as well. Um, and I would like to see us score those runs with a little bit more consistency rather than eleven runs in one inning and eight in another. Um, I would rather us you know throw up some consistent twos and threes uh, just to give uh, the pitchers uh, a little bit of confidence that they've got a lead to work with and that they haven't got to go out there like like Bauer has on a few occasions and and throw throw a hundred plus pitches and not really get any run support uh, and what should be a, a superb outing ends up in ends up as a loss so that's kind of where I'm at with it um, I just kind of would like to see some consistency. We have seen the return of Cody Bellinger and Zach McKinstry to the lineup, which I think will 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 only help the offense. It has to really, and I'm hopeful that we will start to see that scoreboard tick over a little more. We've really seen a couple of players um, step up already, and as McKinstry and Bellinger start to find their form, start to settle back into things after a long time on the IL. I think we'll see those guys start to contribute as well. And we'll see as being less reliant on the likes of Taylor and Muncie and able to spread that around a little bit. And and maybe, maybe Betts gets a little break and, and is able to sort out what's going on with him, whatever that is. Absolutely. Yeah. Th- thanks for that. Le- Liam, what, what were your thoughts of the last couple of weeks? Uh, it, I mean, it's been a bit, bit average really on the whole, hasn't it? Um, Average in terms of you know the returns, uh, five wins and six losses, um, the good days and the bad days. Um, yeah, it's just been a bit frustrating, really. I think as Ian says, we you know we go through games where we're scoring eleven runs an inning, and then we don't get anything else for the rest of the game. Um, you know we're having poor innings for the occasional poor inning from starting pitching, like we had with Kirsch last night. Um, you know, we'll, we'll start a, a series against the Giants looking good and then we'll look terrible for the rest of it. Um, I know we were, you know, there's the home, epic home run robbery by uh, by the Giants in uh, off, off Albert in, in the one game, but it's, it's, it's just been a bit frustrating. I guess it's almost the case of that we've been so spoiled by the consistency of this team uh, since 2017 that we now start questioning it when we're having a bit of a bad run. Um, the positive, I guess, is that we're still only three games back at the moment of the Giants um, and there's a long way to go in the season still. Um, but I think, you know, we are just crying out for that offensive consistency um, and not just these explosions that we see in every every few games. Yeah, I think I think you both make spot on points about the, the consistency, because even in the game uh, a couple of nights ago when we beat the Braves, was it nine nine five? I think we did it off only four hits, and 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 you know, so all right, a win's a win, but it but but it, but it's almost like even when we're getting the good, you know, the the, the, the win at the end of the night, it's it's sometimes still hiding uh, performance, which is which is yeah, not as consistent, not as strong as we've been, perhaps been used to. You're absolutely right to, to mention the positives around. Um, you know, we're only a couple of games back. Um, you know, we, we we still obviously had that great start to the season which is, is is still carrying us to an extent um leon you mentioned the the giants and obviously we lost 3-1 to them having had a, a good series when we went up to their place um when we did i think it was our first podcast of the year and we were talking about the season ahead and i think one of the points we talked about was whether the giants would be strong enough and whether they would have enough depth and i think we really all just saw that it was probably a two-horse race between ourselves and the Padres. race um 
Anybody got any thoughts? Perhaps Ian, we'll perhaps start with you on, on, on the Giants. And, you know, we're now a fair way into the season. You know, the All-Star game is, is, is approaching and they're still there. Um, any thoughts on, on, on how long that will last and whether they'll stick it out to the end of the season? I think I still, I'm still going to look at the Giants and question their depth. Um, I'm not sure that they can keep doing it. They're relying on uh, production from guys in the mid-30s in Longoria and Posey. Uh, I'm not saying these guys are doing it on their own, but uh, it's definitely, you know, they're the guys doing the runs. Uh, Kevin Gaussman um, has been amazing. I was looking, um, I was looking at something earlier, uh, earlier on for, for a different reason. And his ERA is at 127 for this season. That's uh, probably about two ahead, if not more of his, of his career average uh, to, to, to this point. Um, I, don't know if they can keep doing it. I mean, I have to say that they are clearly looking better than I gave them credit for. I was quite dismissive a few weeks ago. Um, and then the first series against us kind of backed up that. Um, they were looking pretty pretty average and we were, we were knocking them about all over the place. Um, but I do think that maybe we have to give them some credit. Um, they've been able to to find ways to, to keep winning. Um, they've now faced some good opposition a decent number of times and their record has not slipped that much. This is a tough division. Um, I still think as the season goes on and as their, as their veterans tire, um, I still question whether they have um, the rookies ready to come up. Um, that being said, their payroll flexibility, because they are a, a big club and they, and they could, uh, you know, they, they have room on their payroll uh, they could go out and make some moves if they're still if they're still fighting um, just after the All Star break as we're approaching the trade deadline, they could go out and pick up some some big name players soon to be free agents. You know, I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised one bit uh, if teams were looking to cash in because the Giants do have some prospects. They're perhaps not quite major league ready, but they do have some prospects uh, that they could that they could trade. So. Maybe it's not outside the realm's possibility for them to give the wild card a really good run. I don't think they'll win the division. Um, and you know, when you qualify for the wild card, uh, maybe that's it. You know, when you're playing a game of poker, all you need is a chip and a chair, and you're not out of it yet. <laughs> so let's see what they let's see what they can do. I suppose. Um, yeah. yeah, it's an interesting point you make about the uh, re- relying on a few few of the elder statesmen as it were because you look at look at Posey's stats and whether it's uh, his batting average on base percentage slugging um you know his his stats for the current year are are all ahead of his sort of career average and indeed some of them are not a million miles off his 2012 stats when he was the MVP so um you know he's having an absolutely blinding start to the season can that continue um I, I, you know, when did he win MVP? 2012, you know, 10, nine years ago. That's a lot of extra miles on the clock and a lot, a lot of extra crouching behind the plate. You know, whether he can carry it through to the end of the season is remains to be seen. Um, Leon, what are, what are your thoughts on, on, on the Giants and whether they can stick it out to the end of the year? Um, well, yeah, first off, a massive credit to the Giants for, for, you know, for performing so well to this point. As you mentioned, when we played them up in San Francisco, they didn't look very good at all. And we, we basically dominated those games. I think Julio was, was perfect until sort of a very dodgy um, check swing 
cool against him. Um, and then obviously a, a base hit immediately after. Um, but they absolutely dominated him um, at Dodger Stadium. And they pretty much did the same with Kirsch as well. Um, they really came out swinging uh, and they just looked much better in, in, in that series. Talking about sort of injuries and, and depth, they've, they've actually just lost Evan Longoria for four to six weeks. Uh, about an hour ago, he had a collision with Brandon Crawford last night. So that's, that's going to be a real test for them. You know, because he's, he's been swinging the bat well. Um, Posey has, has been unreal. Um, his stats are, are fantastic so far. As you say, it's it's whether you know will they pick up any more injuries and is the you know starting pitching or or depth in the uh, in the farm system good enough to carry them through? Um, it was a good point that that Blizzy, uh, raised about you know the, the payroll situation as well because um, there's probably going to be you know some, some fairly decent starting pitchers coming on the uh, on the market. In like, for example, Max Scherzer, Scherzer um, could be an option towards the end of the year. There was a few articles over the weekend that sort of linked him. With you know, with the Giants, if they carry on in in the form that they're in at the moment, and they are a threat towards the end of the season, I think going forward, I think you know ourselves and the Padres are stronger teams, uh, and will probably catch and overtake the Giants. But yeah, I mean, it's it is good to see a sort of a three way race. It keeps it interesting, doesn't it? You know, <laughs> if you look at the wild card, it's us against the Padres at the moment, with uh, San Francisco taking the uh, taking the division. Which yeah, which should be fun. Well, yeah, uh, you're right, and not just taking the division, it would they would then have the number one seed as well. I think based on the standings at the moment, because uh, I think I'm right in saying all three of us, the Giants, the Padres, and and the Dodgers, if we were in any of the other National League divisions, we'd be top of the division at the moment. Um, so yeah, so you could have some interesting um, early rounds of the playoffs. I think the injuries one is a is an interesting point because we've had some some pretty rough injuries, and it's. It's great to hear. I think the news came through a few hours ago that Muncy's X-ray is is, is all clear. Um, you'd you'd like to think that we've had there'll, there'll always be the odd injury, but in terms of a glut of injuries or, or multiple players out all at once, you'd like to think we've had our run and we're still only a couple of games back. You know, the other teams are yet to have theirs because everybody always has a an injury crisis at some point in the year. So you, you'd like to think only a couple of games back we can, yeah. we can push on when they start to struggle a bit. I think Not that's a big point as well in that the injuries, well, you looked at the lineup from Friday night and it's like, oh, wow, that's a, that's a Dodger major league lineup. Um, you know, where I think I think said it in the last one, no disrespect to the, to the likes of Sheldon Noisy and, and DJ Peters, but we didn't expect to be seeing them, you know, getting such consistent runouts um, at this point in the season. Um, and it kind of feels like everyone is coming back. It might take a, a bit of time for them to gel and, and get back up to major league speed. I know Belly's sort of struggled a little bit at the plate so far, but he also had, you know, reduced spring training after coming off that surgery. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful things will get better. We've got a, a, a fairly sort of comfortable set of games coming up. I think it's, it's, it's worth pointing out, you know, we've played some good teams in the last few weeks, the Giants, the Cardinals and now the Braves as well. So to get to you know to finish around five hundred is, is 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 decent. Obviously, we'd like a bit better, but we're we're doing okay still. We're still there or thereabouts. Absolutely. And when you look at the overall team stats, and these have remained reasonably constant, if not actually improving over the last few weeks. You know, across the National League, we're still the fourth ranked team in batting average, but the top rank in on base percentage. Uh, down at five now for slugging. So we've slipped on a little bit on that one. And in terms of OPS, we're at, we're at three, having been at as high as second so we're still um we're still performing extremely well we're just in a very tough division and i think it will certainly 
with the parsers, I think it'll it'll go to the wire. Um, Final point, just to quickly sort of recap, since we last podded, and, and something that we talked about on the last one was um, was no was was the was the the run of no hitters, and I think I'm right in saying there haven't been any since since we last spoke. So maybe we maybe we jinxed it. I don't know. But um, any um, any thoughts on when we'll see the next no hitter, or whether we've had the glut for the year and it's now going to die down? I think we we do a fairly good job of jinxing people on this this podcast. I think so far because we mentioned. Uh... I think my prediction was for Corey Sig to beat him in 350 by the All Star break, and he slumped immediately and then broke a finger. Uh, and then I changed that across to um, to Justin Turner hitting 350 at the All Star break, and he's now at 270. I think at the time of, of recording when we discussed the no hitters, I think we we're on pace for 19. That's in, in the season, and I think we've killed that off. So yeah, that's a, a sort of a fairly decent skill we seem to have on this podcast of a. Should we be talking more about Padres and Giants players then if we have a knack for jinxing people? Would that be a better way to approach the show? Fernando <laughs> um, Tatis, you need to hit 400 by the All-Star break, please. Pleasey, how about you? Any thoughts on the no-hitters or anybody else you'd like to perhaps jinx? Yeah, well, staying with the jinx, I'm pretty sure that, um, that, that, that Darvish, Gaussman... Um, Snell, they're all going to hit no hitters. Sorry, they're all going to throw no hitters this season, just to make sure that that's jinxed and that does not happen. Um, so, uh, so, that's, so that's what I'm going to kind of, kind of go with. Uh, I do think that every time I come out with a fourth right opinion, I'm immediately proved wrong by the by the cruel by, by the cruelty of baseball. So obviously, I came out the other week and I was and I was quite sort of like it's ridiculous. The no hitters are just getting out of hand. We just had Spencer Turnbull and uh, I think it was uh, uh, Corey Kluber. Um, uh, just thrown, uh, I think, on consecutive days before we recorded last time, uh, and I'm quite glad to see that it's slowed down a little bit. Um, going back to Leon's point there on Justin Turner now hitting 270, like 270 is still like 50 points above league average this season or something. Like uh, 270 isn't bad. I, I was looking through some stats before and I saw that 281 is actually 10th in the league, um, and you, it's hard to believe that given some of the figures we've had in in recent years um you know i'm pretty sure that this time in 2019 was it um uh, bellinger was still very close to hitting 400 at this point but this year we've really only got um nick castellanos uh, anywhere anywhere close to 400 and he's at 380 um so it's uh, 381 um so it's an interesting it's an interesting one at the moment. The ball is still the ball is still beating the bat, but I think maybe we're seeing a shift in hitters' mentalities, um, perhaps moving more towards contact than more towards contact than power, at least from players who don't have out and out power anyway. Um, I think in the past there have been lots of players who, who've managed to, in the recent past, there have been lots of players who have power but don't hit for average who've been able to stay in the lineup because of the occasional home run. And I think maybe these guys are losing their place a little bit now um, because you need to be able to actually put, do a bit more. You need to be able to run the bases. You need to be able to perform defensively. You need to be able to, uh, to, to hit for contact. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing at the moment. Yeah, I think so. I think well, it's it's the same most series, most seasons, isn't it? That, that teams and players adjust to, you know, any new tactics, whether it's the switch or the changing balls or whatever it might be, people start to adjust as it pans out. So um, 
We shall see. But we've, we've talked a little bit in the last last few moments about stats and who's batting at what and all the rest of it, which which I guess is, brings us neatly into um, who's performing well and specifically who might be up for the All-Stars because the voting for that has just opened in the last couple of days. Um, so, um, Ian, maybe we'll stick with you um, and maybe you'd like to chat a little about all-star prospects for the Dodgers and in particular and, and there's a subtle distinction here between who do we think on the Dodgers team is most deserving of a spot but who do we think is most likely to get a spot because of course part of it depends on who you're competing with I'm talking now of a start in the starting team who you're competing with at your position but um, what are your thoughts on uh, as the all-star voting gets underway of the, the Dodgers prospects? Right. Okay. So I'll start with the deserving. Um, and I think that there is no player more deserving in major league baseball for an all-star spot this season than one Chris Taylor. Now, uh, that, perhaps that's not a name that many people would expect me to come out with uh, in a team of superstars. Um, you know, Chris Taylor flies above, flies below the radar quite significantly. He's always been way down the pecking order. Uh, in terms of you know, in terms of talent, we've always had superstars that do jobs ahead of him, and he just goes about his business. But what you need to look at is what his business is, um, and his business is playing elite defense at the most difficult positions. Uh, when Seager gets injured, he often fills in at shortstop. All right, I know we've got looks this year, but it, it's not been unusual for Taylor to play to be in there at shortstop. He's played a lot of second base. Bellinger's been out, so he's played a lot of center field. These are the most difficult defensive positions on the diamond. And he plays, I would say, very well defensively. He's definitely not a below average uh, fielder in, uh, in those positions. And this year, he is hitting phenomenally, phenomenally as well. So he's actually 10th in the league in batting average at, at 281. He's fifth in the National League on, on base percentage at 402. Um, Max Munt is actually top uh, on uh, uh, with, uh, I think, four, 440-something, I think. Um, and that, for me, is, is why I, Chris Taylor should be the, the most deserving Dodger uh, this year to go and get a place in the All-Star team. He's had... He's had opportunity created for him a little bit with some of the injuries that we've had, for sure. But you can only play the situation in front of you. And he gets asked to play a different position every night. He does it really well. Uh, he obviously, uh, as someone who's been moved around a lot um, uh, as, as, as a player, there are certain days when I get put in positions where, where, where I don't like it. I don't feel I can, I can show my best in that position. Uh, and it can have a knock-on effect to your hitting. Now, I'm far from a professional baseball player, but I still think that must happen at major league level to some degree. And I think Chris Taylor has gone out and he has shown what he can do this year. Um, in terms of whether he will get a spot on the All-Star roster, I don't know. Because there are other names that are going to be ahead of him in some of the positions that he plays. In centre field, are you going to tell me he's going to get more votes than Ronald Acuna? No. Uh, shortstop, is he going to get more votes than Fernando Tatis Jr.? Absolutely not. He's played quite a bit of left field, but uh, Jesse Winker is flying at the moment. Um, 
Nick Cassianos in right field. These are all players who are probably going to get more votes than he is. So that leaves him, for me, in a straight-up fight with Adam Frazier from Pittsburgh for second base. But that isn't always how all-star voting works. Um, and it will be a very interesting one to see whether Chris Taylor gets a starting spot or not. Uh, the stats are comparable. Um, Fraser's got a higher batting average. I think actually about 50 points higher. He's, he's really hitting well. But his OPS is nowhere near what Taylor's is. His RBIs, I don't think... Um, I'll have to check the RBIs before I make that call. Uh, he's, he's, um, he's, uh, uh, get my teeth in. He's, he's at 21 RBIs, I think, at the moment. So he's, he's doing... So 23. So he's doing okay on that. Yeah. Um, so, but I think, I think it is a straight, it's a straight fight between those two for, for second base, but he isn't an out and out second baseman. You know, he, he's, he's got more, more to his game than that. Um, so Chris Taylor is the answer for the, for the most deserving, whether I think he'll go, I'm not sure in terms of who I think will get selected. Um, it's, it's hard. It's, it's a hard one to say because, you know, Bauer's in the public eye. He gets a lot of uh, attention. His, his ERAs are like two, well, before tonight, his ERAs are like 224, um, you know, but he's, he's a bit Marmite, isn't he? A lot of people don't like mm, him and a lot yeah. of people do like him. Um, so I don't want to talk about everybody um, ahead of that. Uh, ahead of giving Leon a chance to uh, to come back on this, I do have I do have a few more people that I can come back to on this subject if uh, if needs be. But let's see what let's see what Leon has to say about it. Um, I, I think you you pretty much nailed it in terms of the most deserving Dodger. Um, I think what what perhaps goes against, as you say, goes against Chris Taylor is his perhaps national profile isn't going to be as high as someone who plays in, for example. Sort of right field every single day of the week. Um, we know that CT3 is never going to play. You know he's so versatile and he's he's such a team player that he'll he'll play anywhere. Um, I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if if there was a need for a catcher. We saw Chris Taylor go in. <laughs> um, fingers crossed it, it doesn't ever happen. I remember there was there was a time I think when Puig was our backup catcher um, in the event of any issues in the uh, in the playoffs, and that was the one exception would have made um, for a position player catching. Um, He's been fantastic. I mean, he was really highlighted in that 14-pitch at-bat against the, uh, the Cardinals last week. Um, just an extraordinary at-bat. Um, and it, that did give him a bit of profile on the, uh, on the national, national side of things, really. Because it, it, it's kind of an at-bat that we, I guess we almost expected. It wasn't really a surprise for us to see him battle so hard and, and come through and clear the bases. Yeah, so I think his biggest issue is going to be his versatility, unfortunately, which is is kind of crazy. But he doesn't own a position, uh, which makes him makes it a bit more difficult for him, you know, for him to be slotted in, uh, you know, into an all star game. Um, he's Mister Reliable. He's he seems like a cracking bloke as well. Um, obviously, you don't get votes for being a cracking bloke, but if if he could, uh, he'd get mine. In terms of other potential dodgers, I think as Ian says again, Bowers probably going to get there based on his profile and the fact that he did win a Cy Young last year. Um, and we, we, I guess, we'll probably see Mookie and, and probably Cody Bellinger based on, you know, on, on their profile again. Um, Kirsch might be in with a shout of it, um, but there isn't really any of the sort of standout performers. Uh, Muncy's had a great run. Um, again, he started off pretty poorly. Again, it's, it's you know, 
I guess it's based around sort of the profile of the guys uh, and if their name sticks out enough when you're pressing the voting slip. Yeah, I think that's a it's, it's, it's a neat summary. And I remember there was a sports program. So I, I'm not sure which American sport it was. So it may not have been baseball, but they were certainly talking about sort of all-star appearances. And the, the theory was that, um, you know, for those players who, who appear sort of pretty well year in, year out, quite often they they first get selected probably a year later than they're deserving because they're still building their profile. Um, but then perhaps they coast on that a little bit and end up being selected for a year longer than they should have been because they're getting on re- reputation alone on that final year. Um, and I think that, that there's a lot to be, be said for, for, for that across all the sports where they have the, the voting for these games. Um, I think, yeah, I've got as deserving. I've got, I've got Muncie, I've got Taylor and I've got Bueller um, because I think he's just, you know, we, Kershaw's the name and, and, um, Bowers the headline uh, and, and Bueller's just getting on and doing it um, and I think he's you know up there and would be deserving as to who gets in yeah you could see someone like Betts getting in um, ahead of the others uh, it, it's interesting when you look at you know will people vote on reputation and you you look at say Muncie at first base and if he was up against um, you know say Freeman you know, you look at where they are and, 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 and these stats are perhaps slightly out of date, but I got them off the, off the MLB website a day or so ago. But against it's sort of first base players who are in the, eligible for the voting, um, Muncy's fifth in batting average, equal first in home runs, fourth in RBIs and first in OPS. That's out of 15 players. Freeman, by contrast, is 10th for batting average. He's equal first with, with home runs and then three for third for RBIs and, and sixth for OPS. So on a sort of stat for stat basis, he's behind Muncie. But you could see Freeman getting more votes on sort of reputation, maybe. Um, but but yeah, I think we've both mentioned that, you know, we, we've got players who are all having good seasons, but we haven't really got anybody who is an out and out. You'd look at them and go, well, there are no brain that they are absolutely the best player at at their position and and everybody will get it so um it's going to be interesting to see how the voting voting pans out and of course i guess there's still injuries to um to to um to come into play over the next few weeks um but another question for you both uh, and 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 liam will perhaps perhaps come to you first with this one but when it comes to voting and given that it is the all-star and it's the you know obviously you've got you've got the home run derby and it's the all-star weekend and it's all a bit hollywood and a bit pizzazz like um do you think we do you think people should be voting based on on who are the best players or do you think should be voting on who would bring the most to an all-star game so who it so i guess uh, there i would go back to um our own pitches, you know, Bueller's having a great season, but Bauer would probably Bauer would probably bring more in terms of the pizzazz and the media and dare I say it, the controversy uh, an All Star Weekend. What do you think we should be people should be focusing on when it comes to the voting? I think with with, with that game, you want to, it's it's a bit of light light hearted sort of mid season fun, isn't it? I think for the most part, you see things like Molina. Or was it, it was Nelson Cruz actually, wasn't it? We pulled out a phone and, and got Molina to take a, a selfie with with him and Joe West. Um, it would be quite interesting to see the absolute best of the best face off. So maybe you know the public chooses one player um, in the public vote, and the best player in that position also gets picked as well, just based on stats. 
because uh, I think you know there, there was a, an instance a few years ago. I think it, the, the, I'm not sure if the game was in Kansas City, but where the uh, the American League starting line was the, the Kansas City Royals plus Mike Trout based on the public vote. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I think it, you know to, to to make it fair and to give you know the All Stars the All Star opportunity, give give you know a chance to the guys who have got the best stats. Um, for example, you know, if we, if we were looking at Max Muncy, he he's probably not going to get him based on the fact that he doesn't have a, a highlight reel with him and Anthony Rizzo uh, being chased down. <laughs> um, you know that 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 plays into you know the public sort of mindset. I think when 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 voting for all stars, so you know, Freddie, Freddie Freeman's not having a particularly great season. He's probably having one of the worst seasons on you know statistically mm. on his record, but. He's had those little instances with, with Rizzo um, over a couple of games, and those things really sort of stand out in people's minds. Um, you know, for example, I think we've all probably been there when we've looked at the All Star voting forms. We've gone in the American League, and I don't really know a great deal about the American League. And you pick the player that that stands out of these godforsaken MLB flashback highlights. <laughs> uh, you know, so for example, Tim Anderson will always get a vote of mine because he's you know he's lobbing his bat against the Royals. Uh, it's names like that that will stand out, I think, when it comes to all-star voting. Um, so you're more likely to see a Freddie Freeman as opposed to a Max Muncy or, a, or you know, a, a Chris Taylor, for example. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd quite like to see it sort of mixed up a little bit. I know the MLB did a thing, I think it was last year or the season before, where they did look a team of the season based purely on the stats. And I think that would probably be a fair, if, you know, it, it would give, you know, the lesser-known guys the opportunity and the recognition of uh, being an all-star based on their actual achievements on the field rather than just uh, MLB flashbacks. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very much in the sort of purest camp, I suppose, on this one. I'd, I'd go on performance rather than on the, as you say, on the highlights reel. Um, Bleasy, what's, what's what's your thoughts on on the what should be the dominant factor when it comes to voting? Yeah, I, I think it needs to it needs to have fan buy-in. Um, and I, I go a long way back. I go uh, a long way back to uh, the final All-Star game that Cal Ripken Jr. played in. Um, I forget the year, um, but, you know, we're going back 15 years or so. Um, and he was no, he was nowhere near. He was about to miss his first All-Star game in, uh, I don't know, about 20 years or something. And he, he wasn't close. And with a few weeks to go, there was a, a real national interest um, a real campaign that Cal Ripken could not miss this final, uh, th- this final all-star game. Uh, he had to get in, you know, legendary hall of fame career, no doubt about it. Of course he had the, the streak, a record that will never be broken. That will stand for the rest of time. Um, and he, uh, and he got in and to be honest with you that year, uh, I don't know how old he was, um, but it was, it, it, it had not been anywhere near his his best year, um, but he's one of he's he's one of the guys that everyone everyone kind of liked to see do well. Uh, he, uh, I believe, he's just been passed by Pujols in terms of the uh, number of double plays he grounded into. Um, so again, it shows he probably wasn't the best runner towards the back end of his career. And he and obviously, given the streak that he had, I imagine he played injured a lot. But he had a really impressive career, and he managed to get an at bat. Uh, he managed to get a couple of at bats. He started in the lineup for the American League. He was playing for Baltimore, uh, as I'm sure you'd know. Uh, and uh, Chanho Park, Dodgers pitcher, teed one up for him. Um, you know, at 90 miles an hour down the middle, 
and Kyle Ripkin didn't miss. He, and he put it into he put it into the bleachers. Um, and I think that's the kind of moment that belongs in an all-star game that you wouldn't get if it was entirely based on stats. You know, Chan Ho Park doesn't go doesn't go home at night and and worry about the, the moment he had against Kyle Ripken in the All-Star game. You know, he's he's served one up to a deserving Hall of Famer and he's been able to to capitalize uh, and the Hall, Hall of Famer capitalized on it. And I think if you went purely off stats, I'm all for stats being used for the end of season awards. Um, if anything, I would like a little bit more transparency as to some of the reasons um, that were uh, that, that are chosen at times. For example, Bellinger not getting a gold glove last year, uh, which I've mentioned before. Uh, you know, I, I, the only reason I can think he didn't get it is because he managed because of, of through a 60 game season he played about uh, 11, 12 games at first base, uh, and I think that meant that he wasn't eligible because everything else to do with his stats suggested he should have won the gold he should have won the gold glove um but that's kind of that's kind of my thoughts on it i think going back to players who who might go uh one we've overlooked so far might be will smith um perhaps he's not setting the world alight um uh, in the way that he did when he first came up but actually what catches are um at the moment um and uh, I think I think Smith won uh, recently won some kind of um, of the month award. Um, uh, I'm not entirely sure what it was. I just saw it flash up on my fantasy uh, on my fantasy baseball thing. Um, but Smith, I think, has a chance to to pick that up. I imagine that you know it's the National League, so Molina's always in the conversation. Um, but in terms of if, if of current form in terms of they'll probably take three or four catches. I imagine Smith may well get a nod. Um, I actually haven't seen, I know Barnes got taken out last night. Uh, is, do, we, do we know if Barnes is, is injured, by the way? Is he, is he out for a while? Is there anything come out on that? I've not seen anything for him. He, sort of, he sort of got around a tag at first base on a sort of a wide throw and sort of stubbed his, his ankle. So he looked like he twisted it, but I've, um, I've not seen anything to suggest he's out sort of a long time. I've, I've, the only thing I've, I've seen today was Reeves sort of a Muncy's X-ray coming back negative, which is good. Um, but it'd be just about right if uh, if Barnes was now injured. Fits the uh, fits the season. Yeah, yeah, it fits the season. But I think actually the, the team could. I mean, I, you'd never wish injury on anybody, and 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 Barnes seems to give something to Kershaw that uh, that he can't get from from Smith at the moment. And Kershaw's always had this weird "I need a personal catcher" thing about him. Um, but actually, in terms of the offense, I think yeah, Will Smith playing more often probably wouldn't be a bad thing. Uh, I think yeah. one of the things that's one of the things that's that's hit us a little bit this year is not having that that universal DH that we had last year, and Smith's bat not being in the lineup as often. You know, he was able to stay in the lineup almost on his days off, if that makes sense. You know, uh, he was able to share the catching duties with Barnes, but still stay in the lineup and hit when we needed him to, uh, and uh, that's probably not not help Smith uh, either. So, but he's another one who I think, who I think could go because I don't think the National League is blessed with loads of catchers right now. No, I mean, looking yeah. at, looking at the stats, they've got, we've got Posey, who we've obviously already mentioned having a, having a blinder. Um, Smith's certainly ahead of, across a sort of an average basket of stats, you'd probably say he's level with or, or better than Real Muto. Um, Molina is comparable to Smith. Um, and 
Narvez at the Brewers. Is it Narvez? Is that how you pronounce it? Narvez at the Brewers is, is possibly slightly ahead. So there's, 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 after Posey, there's probably four, Smith included, who could, who could make a, a, a sensible shout for going. So um, it, it'll probably come down to the wire over the next, next few weeks, but it'd be interesting to see whether the Dodgers mount the campaign they did was it three years ago for turner where they had the the huge sort yeah. of bank of phones and everything whether they try that again for anybody this year possibly taylor uh possibly smith i suppose could be up for for that kind of treatment um but it'd be interesting to see how that plays out but i'm sure that's a topic that we will return to over the um over the coming weeks yeah i've actually got navarez in my fantasy league team and uh, i'm pretty sure he recently snapped a, a, an o for or, or, or one for 41 or something like that. Um, he's been, uh, he, he's not been doing well. Uh, he did start incredibly hot, but I don't know whether, um, do you know what the scouting's like these days, whether someone's identified or whether all the teams have found him out. So it'll be interesting to see if his, if his lines continue to come down. Yeah. yeah. So I, I thought it's been clever in my fantasy uh, baseball team. I uh, drafted Barnes and Will Smith, so I don't have to regularly change catches. There's always one of them in the lineup somewhere. Very clever, very clever. Um, right, I think that's it for the All-Stars this time. As I say, we'll probably return to them over the coming weeks. But but now back to a topic that we touched on in the last podcast, which was the, the unwritten rules of baseball. And this week we're going to talk about, it's another rule for batters, and it's the don't rub the spot where you were hit by a pitch rule. And I thought we'd do this one tonight, not because he was hit by a pitch, but because as many of you would have seen Taylor in a run for the, for the home plate a couple of nights ago, actually got hit by a, by a, the fielder chucking the ball at the home plate. Um, so that just sort of came to mind. So um, what's all that about, please? I mean, I've never played baseball, so I've never been hit by a baseball. I've been hit by a cricket ball and I know it hurts. And I know the first thing you want to do is rub where it hit you. So what, what's all this about not rubbing the spot where you're hit by a pitch? And is it a sensible um, unwritten rule? Yeah, absolutely it is. Yeah. Um, you can't give the, you can't give the, uh, <laughs> I mean, clearly it's macho bravado, but um, it, you know, and again, Clearly, I'll, I'll refer to the fact that I have played. Um, I've, I actually won the uh, Human Dartboard Award on a number of occasions <laughs> for being hit by hit by pitch the most often uh, while playing for the Liverpool Trojans. Uh, they've stopped. They actually stopped giving that award out. I think I was getting hit too often for it. Um, but I would also say that the league I play in, um, the, the fastest pitches are throwing low eighties most of the time. Um, you get the occasional exception, but for the, but that's for the most part. And, and to be honest, there are plenty of pitches who throw it, you know, in in the sixties. So I've got to I've got to put that out there for anyone anyone listening. Uh, you know, I'm definitely not a hero who goes looking get to get hit by by two seamers that cut in. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of the first things you learn. It's really funny when I was fourteen, um, I saw someone get hit by a pitch, and they started crying. Um, and the coach wouldn't talk to them until they stopped crying. Uh, you know, it was, I found it really bizarre because in football, when we got kicked, um, you know, it was, oh, just check everyone's okay. And uh, uh, But in baseball, it's like you've been hit by a pitch, you've been hit on the arm, you know, just get, get up there and go on with it. So I, I, I learned, so before I ever got hit by a pitch, I learned that. And there are some days, like every so often you'll get hit somewhere and it hurts and you just don't show it until... Um, well, until you possibly can avoid it. I think the only time I've ever reacted to being hit by hit by a pitch is when I got hit right in the elbow. Um, and 
And I didn't react that much. I just got to first base and was shaking my arm out a little bit. And you can guarantee the first base coach was giving me grief for that. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things. It's something you do. You don't let the pitcher know that he can hurt you. You know, uh, before now I've been hit by a pitch. I've picked up the ball and I've thrown it back to the pitcher. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's just, just to show them that oh, they can't hurt me. I mean, I don't think I've been thrown out on purpose very often. Uh, I'm sure it's happened. But I don't think I've been thrown out because I'm not that good. Um, so it'll be interesting to to, to hear Leon. Uh, Leon's played as well, whether what what he what what he thinks on this. But I think, uh, like for me, it's just something you do. It's just it's just a you don't show the other team that they can hurt you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think one of the first things I learned playing baseball uh, in this country was when you get hit, some everyone shouts, "Don't rub it." So, yeah, I'd learned that before I learned the bloody game, to be honest. Um, and I was always, yeah, one of the first ones to shout, don't rub it, until I got hit by a pitch. Uh, and this was probably just about 65 miles an hour. It wasn't very fast at all, but it, it stung. Um, but, yeah, I, I rubbed it. <laughs> I broke the rule. Because, yeah, I wasn't expecting it. And as I say, I was, uh, I was hurting. The team were hurting that day as well. So, uh, yeah, it, it goes on, I think. Yeah, it depends where you get hit, really, doesn't it? I guess. I'm um, not sure about the throwing the ball back to the pitcher. That's a bit. Uh, was it Ramon Laureano that did it last year against the? Was that against the Astros? Kicks off a bit, bit of a ruckus. Oh um, no, I, I underarmed it back, Leon. I picked it up and yeah. I underarmed it back just to show <laughs> that there was no animosity there. It was just, it was just in front of the plate, and I just, I just bent down and picked it up. And obviously, in Major League Baseball, they'd, um, they'd change the ball. Uh, we don't have that luxury uh, when the balls cost about five pound fifty each. Uh, so, so our balls are staying in play. But yeah, I just picked it up and I underarmed it back just to demonstrate that I was absolutely fine. Um, um, did you I would say that, I, I, that, that famous sorry? game where was, there was the uh, the new, the modern take on the unwritten rules of baseball where uh, a certain Mr. Rueda took a selfie at home plate? Um, so I didn't play in that game, but I was there. It was, that was actually for our, it was actually for the Liverpool Tugents against the uh, Bolton Robots of Doom. And uh, I was... Uh, the, the the Trojans didn't have a game that day, um, so Mario somehow managed to the, in, in the way that only Mario can. Um, uh, he managed to get himself a game playing with the playing with the Tugians, uh, and they were short a catcher. So uh, Dave Martin Byers went and played as well. Um, you know, Dave's one of my closest friends. He's a he's a really nice guy, um, and uh, Dave was on uh, third base or second base when Mario hit a home run. Um, and um, as Mario got to home plate, David waited to greet him in the way that in the way that you know runners on base do. Uh, and Mario pulled out a phone and took a selfie uh, with with Dave at home plate. Um, and the the bench uh, the bench uh, for Bolton went absolutely mad. Um, you know because it was it was a young pitcher on the mound. I can't remember who it was. I know that I've got friends who, who were playing for Bolton that day and, and they, they would tell me, um, uh, but it was a relatively young pitcher. And one of the things we spoke about last week in terms of not running the score up uh, was about, was about not running, you know, was about not disrespecting the opponent's pitcher. Uh, and this game was not close. The two gents were well ahead. Um, a first team player playing in the second team comes up and hits a home run with a first team player on base um, to run up the score a little bit further and then takes a selfie at home play. That is disrespecting the pitcher. So, you know, uh, 
it's 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 a, it's a different it's a different uh, unwritten rule but yeah it was it was something that i know dave was immediately regretful of because he was obviously in that picture you know he didn't really know what was happening until it had happened um and i think it was um I want to say Ricardo Tonio, who was the manager of Bolton at the time, uh, who was the most animated and furious man I've ever seen in British baseball at that moment. Uh, and I can understand why, as someone who's went on to, to, to manage as well. Oh, well, if ever I make my Major League or even British baseball debut, um, I shall remember not to rub the spot when I get hit, although for now I shall stay safe and warm and comfortable just doing baseball podcasts rather than um, standing at the plate, I think, being somewhat of a wuss. Um, right, well, we... As well, if you, uh, if you ever hit that home run. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, if? Um, right, that we will, we, will, we will come back to unwritten rules uh, from time to time over the coming weeks. There's still plenty more for us to talk about. Right, so we're now on to predictions for the week ahead. Uh, and as, as I speak, we're currently at the bottom of the seventh and the Dodgers are down three to one against the Braves. So we won't talk about that. So let's talk about the week ahead. And, and Leon, you mentioned earlier that we've had a tough run of games recently and had a somewhat easier schedule coming up. So we've got three games at the Pittsburgh Pirates and they are currently have a record of 23 wins to 34 losses. They're last in the NL Central. Um, but they have gone five and five in the last 10. Uh, and then after that, we've got the first, if we're just talking about the next week, we have the first two of a three game home series against Texas, who are currently 23 wins and 37 losses um, and one and nine in their last 10. So, um, Leon, what would you like to call for those, those five games in terms of how you think we'll do? I think we're going to sweep the Rangers because uh, I think I saw a start yesterday. They've lost a horrendous amount of games on the road. And I think we'll we'll drop potentially one against the Pirates. So yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'm going to be positive this week. Five five and one, um, and a little bit of a bounce back, and we'll start clawing back the uh, the deficit uh, that we've currently got against the Giants. Sounds good. How about you, Blasey? How are you? What, what do you think of our chances against um, Pittsburgh and Texas? Well, I mean, on paper, I'd love to be confident and say we're going to win all five. Um, but I feel like every time I predict we're going to do really well and have a really strong week, we have quite a poor week. Um, we're playing two of the... I don't think I've been too bold in saying that we're, we're, we're playing two of the worst teams in baseball. Um, the Pirates are the bottom team in the worst division. Um, and the Rangers' record is even worse, I think. Um, so it's... I'd love to say I'd love to say that we're gonna that we're gonna win five, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hedge my bets and I'm gonna say we're gonna win three, lose two. Um, I just, there's too much inconsistency. Um, I think we've got there's absolutely no way that we that we should come out of this week with a losing record. But just to try and prove myself wrong the right way, I'm gonna go with a three and two, so three wins, two losses. Well, I'm going to go for four wins and one loss. And the reason why I've picked that is because over the coming week, and, and, and this is as, as regular listeners will know, this is pretty well our, our last item on the agenda, is to talk about UK-friendly times for the week ahead. There is one UK-friendly time for the week ahead, which is a, 
5.35 p.m. UK start against the Pirates. So I think we're going to lose that one because Sod's Law says we'll lose the one that is easy for us all to watch and we'll win the other four. So I'm going for a four and one record over the week ahead. Um, and as I said, there's one game in that slot that's at a, a family-friendly UK time, which is the game on the 10th. Um, so that's that's really our regular items all covered. Um, Blazy, Leon, have either of you got anything else you'd like to, to chuck in before we close for, for this week? No, I don't think I do, you know. Um, I, I keep thinking about picking up some other podcasts, you know, because I've been listening to some other really, some other really good ones uh, recently. Um, uh, um, so I'll quickly just mention the Johnny and Josh show. It's not Dodgers specific, but it's a really good general UK uh, UK based um, perspective on British baseball hosted by the guys, uh, sorry, on uh, MLB uh, hosted by the guys who used to host uh, the live footage on Channel 5 uh, uh, in years gone by. I really enjoyed listening to uh, to their debates. Uh, David Langale and Josh Chetwind have been going at each other with some uh, good arguments over the last few weeks. And um, Johnny Gould keeps it flowing really well. And um, I suppose I should mention Eric, the producer, just because he's there as well. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, it, there isn't just our podcast out there. There are plenty of others. Uh, so, um, you know, let us know. Let us know on the tweets if you listen to any that you think we need to know about. Um, yeah, that's it, really. Excellent. Thank you. Leon, how about you? Just just a happy, obviously, it's, it's they've all played their games, but a happy opening uh, opening day to the teams in the uh, in the British Baseball League who cover the north of England and the uh, the West Midlands Baseball League, they all, all had their uh, their opening day today. So, yeah, it looks like it's gone well for Ian's luck. Uh, Birmingham didn't win, unfortunately, but that's uh, it's his fresh start for them. So, yeah, happy opening day to uh, to those two leagues. Excellent. Thank you for that. In which case, thank you to everybody out there listening. Uh, feel free to, to chip in on Twitter or any other means with any feedback. Uh, otherwise, I will leave you with, with what I think should now become our regular closing remarks or words, which are, remember, the LA Dodgers are still reigning, defending and undisputed. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.